Hey guys, welcome back to the Philcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Hey everybody, guess what? This is the 100th episode of the Philcraft Survival Podcast. Yes, one zero zero. Oh man, we've come such a long way. You know, being that I started this podcast when uh, I was in my PJs in the bed on my iPhone. Uh, I started this podcast two years ago, uh, communicating about survival mindset, everything to give you the edge, uh, the one up in the survival preparedness life. We started this podcast a couple years ago and you know the first few podcasts were just me talking about my institutional knowledge and things I learned along the way, evolving into a uh, having co-hosts along the way. Kurt was one of them. George has been a, a co-host. Travis Hess, uh, different co-hosts along the way, uh, getting to the point in which we set up a studio, i.e. a table, a chair, and a microphone inside of our office in Prescott, Arizona. And now we have guests from all over the world with different life experiences in the industry, famous people, not-so-famous people, psychologists, just experts in the field that could help you Today, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. This is episode 100. On the podcast, we got Mr. Phil Heath, seven-time Mr. Olympia, world champion bodybuilder. I mean, this man is an inspiration. And uh, when I started doing research on, on bodybuilders and then the best in their field of expertise, Phil Heath was on top. I mean, he's, he's one of the most significant impressionable bodybuilders, I think, in the world, uh, but I think more so because of the way he delivers the message and, and the way that he is an influence and mindset, an influence for uh, young men and women who are growing up and want to be better, um, you know, want to develop their mindset, their resiliency, and, you know, get, get in shape, develop their uh, uh, physical physiques, uh, nutrition, everything, uh, Mr. Phil Heath is the subject matter expert in it, and uh, it was an honor to to have a, have this podcast with him and him sharing his experiences. A, a completely empathetic and um, really humble man, based off of, uh, I mean, really the, the dominating his in his industry. We talk about loss. Uh, we talk about recovery and resilience coming back from loss. We talk about you know some people who have influenced him in his life. And it's just a great podcast. Before we get started, hey, this podcast is sponsored by Cold Steel Knives. If you've uh, followed us and you were following our Southern Border Adventure, we use the Cold Steel Trench Hawk. It's a, we use the OD Green version. But if you go to coldsteel.com, you guys could uh, check out their e- exclusive and <laughs> very comprehensive line of knives, hatchets, um, tomahawks, everything. They have pretty much everything you could think of when it comes to steel and cold steel. Uh, check out coldsteel.com. Use the coupon code PhilCraft10 to save 10% off on any purchases on coldsteel.com. Um, they've been a supporter of, of ours. So we're, we're also doing marketing things together, and we believe in their products. We, we tested their Trench Hawk and OD Green um, in the Southern Border Adventure. We used it in overlanding trips that we've gone on. It's made of 1055 carbon steel. We've, we've used their entrenching tools. Uh, their folders, their their uh, uh, complete blades. Um, look, you can't get any better than uh, Cold Steel Knives. Check them out, coldsteel.com. All right, guys, let's kick it off. Mr. Phil Heath. 
All right, Mr. Phil Heath, uh, thanks for being on the podcast today, man. I know you're a busy man, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. No, thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Hey, I know we went back and forth a while to try to schedule this stuff because, uh, I mean, for, for anybody who knows anything about your profession, um, you're in it uh, 24-7. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you because, you know, our podcast focuses on mindset, focuses on resiliency. So we talk to special operations guys. We talk to psychologists. We talk to all these different people. But you guys are just tuning in. Um, we're on an interview right now with Phil Heath. Phil Heath is an American professional bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia, the seven-time Mr. Olympian winner, having placed first in the competition every year from 2011 to 2017. And uh, your latest win had tied you uh, for the title with Arnold Schwarzenegger, correct, for the third all-time number of wins behind Lee Haney and Ronnie Coleman. Correct. Not, so, not bad company. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're in very good company, and then uh, you're at the top of your game right now. And you know, I wanted to talk to you because a lot of people, when they associate mindset and like we're giving advice even on building resiliency, a lot of it uh, in the physical uh, fitness industry comes into play with building resiliency because you truly test your mindset when you're building up your physical body. And uh, what I wanted to do, if it's OK with you, Phil, is to start off with kind of your background and how you got from where, you know, you grew up in uh, Washington State and then got to the position you're in now where you're, you know, you've been competing for over a decade in uh, one field of expertise in, in fitness and bodybuilding. Uh, how did you, how did, you know, where did you grow up at and how did you get into uh, professional bodybuilding? Yeah, so I grew up in South Seattle, Washington. I uh, attended Rainier Beach High School, uh, played basketball there, um, was all state in basketball and track. And, um, state champion in 1998 and then acquired a um, full-ride scholarship to the University of Denver, um, played four years there, uh, graduated in five with a degree in uh, business management and also in information technology. Nice. Um, during that time period, I realized that basketball post-college was not going to probably be my best, uh, <laughs> my <laughs> best career choice. So um, I, I later, basically, I went against everything my family was telling me to do with regards to my degree. Um, you know, coming from Seattle, you, you do recognize that there's Boeing. There's a lot of different companies, right, you know, that you could work with, you know, being an engineer or computer scientist. So I decided to uh, just do web development for the university of Denver that I attended to, and then... Uh, part-time at a bar, <laughs> become a bouncer. And then later I ended up uh, being a retail manager at a Bally Total Fitness in Denver. Uh -huh. And there I learned how to basically uh, operate and run a, a full supplement uh, store, uh, work in retail and, you know, doing all the forms of reports and all that good stuff. So that, that, that interests me a lot. And it allowed me to bodybuild at the same time because uh, uh, after basketball was over, um, in April 4th of 2003, I did my first amateur competition um, in Boulder, Colorado, and won that. And then I uh, went ahead and won seven straight um, amateur, what was it, seven? No, uh, five, well, seven straight shows, but five amateur, and uh, ended up becoming the 2005 Mr. USA. 
uh, shortly after that, got signed with the Weeder Publications, so Flex Magazine, Muscle Fitness, etc. And uh, one of my first two pro shows as an IFBB pro, the uh, first one was here in Colorado, and the second was in New York City, uh, back-to-back weekends, and then placed third at my first Mr. Olympia in 2008. The rest is history. I went ahead and placed second at the 2010 Arnold Classic, and and at that same year, the Mr. Olympia contest, and then in 2011 uh, through 17, I uh, won and remained champion. Um, that's a long time, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, how did you? What was like a defining moment for you when you kind of realized when you started competing in the early 2000s that you actually were, you know, where you belonged? Like you, you were. You know, you were competitive, obviously, coming from uh, athletics. But when is it that you actually realized that you kind of stood apart? Was there a defining moment? Was it, you know, the lead up to that and training that you kind of recognized that you had the better physique and training? Or was it the actual competition that, you know, where you started winning? I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, People around town always recognized me as a more buff basketball player (laughs) that should have been playing football. Mm -hmm. And, uh you know, then when I started getting involved in bodybuilding, um, just watching other friends compete, even their friends would say, why isn't he competing? Like, he could easily win this. And I'm, I'm still stuck in that basketball mindset thinking, oh, well, you know, that's, that's who I am. I mean, I've been playing since I was five. Here I am, 22, 23 years old. I, I, I just want to be a hooper. I just, that's all I know. Um, and I was, you know, I was good. So, and I, and I love the exercise. I love the challenge. But there lied a, a new challenge and, and, once I started um, taking photographs of myself, and back then, in 2002, 2003, I mean, there were no selfies. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, but that was during a time where uh, I remember it was Bill Phillips with EAS. He was doing the Body for Life Challenge, and a lot of people got involved in this. And that's when they did their own transformation. Well, I thought, you know what I should do? I should take a photograph of myself and maybe journal, you know, everything I'm eating and training and, you know, all that good stuff. And then, after a few months, if I'm starting to get some size and how I want to build my physique, I'll do a competition. So every week, you know, I was doing that. But to answer your question, I think it was up until I won the Mr. USA con- contest. And I was doing all these magazines, uh, articles and stuff. And I got a cover of Flex Magazine. And then they started me as the heir apparent and the future of bodybuilding and all these things. I mean, they literally said this on the cover of Flex Magazine, the future bodybuilding. And that's when I started realizing, like, okay, even if I don't see it, other people do. Uh, Joe Weider, God rest his soul, him and Ben saw it. Um, All the editors saw it. And it was until, you know, it was really until 2010 where I really started believing in it and really thinking, you know what, it's one thing to really talk about your goals. But mm-hmm. when you have, and I still remember it, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a moment I was 20, 2010, I was standing up there with the uh, four-time champ, Jay Cutler, and gosh, I remember just being happy that I was top two. Yeah, and this is and the classic, Yeah, because, right? yeah, because yeah. previous year I placed fifth, so I was like, well, that's improvement, um, you know, th- this is, this is cool, okay, so on the video, I watched the video and people think, oh, you're watching video just to look at yourself. I was like, no, I was looking at my mannerisms. I was looking at my behavior. Mm-hmm. So in that video, when they announced the winner, they said Jay Cutler won. They let out the longest exhale. 
And I looked at that and I rewound it and rewound it. And I was like, why did I do that? And I go, you did that, Phil? Because you weren't ready for what came after you would win such a title. You weren't mentally and emotionally ready to receive such a high honor. Now, physically, absolutely. You, it could have went either way in your mind. People said till this day, yeah, I, I voted for you, Phil. Well, my mannerisms, my attitude did not exude the confidence of a champion to receive that honor. So that was a defining moment in my career where I said, there's no more, oh, I'm going to win and talk all this trash and, you know, cuss and all that stuff, you know, getting everybody riled up. And you see a lot of that in social media today. Everybody's like getting everybody riled up and this and that. But when it, when you're standing there, are you just happy to be there? Or do you really want what comes with it? Do you really want the pressure? Because, you know, once you're the king, the head, the head of the king is very heavy, right? The crown is heavy. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 at that time, there was only 12 Mr. Olympia champions in over 50 years. Well, now it's over 50 years. There's 14 of us. So mm -hmm. it's an elite category. So do you want all that pressure, Phil? And it was one of those things where, yeah, but I, I don't know yet, you know? And that's why I was like, whew. And I'm thinking, what a wuss, you know? And I was disgusted with myself for months. So yeah. every interview I did from there, that day forward, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my actions lead first and then talk. So it, unless if I'm in that gym kicking my own ass, doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm not going to tell a reporter that I'm in the gym killing it. I'm not going to tell a reporter that I'm, I'm ready to win. Because mentally and emotionally, I was unintelligent enough to analyze it before. But now I am now. So, it, it, you know, that was a really good moment for me to man up, you know, and realize if you want it, you can't just want it physically. You got to want it emotionally and mentally. Yeah, I was. I would. I would think that the uh, the the mental fortitude getting up to that point is, is preparing you for that responsibility of that title. I mean, when you when you uh, and people don't understand like the burden of responsibility, and and when you're on top, the the amount of pressure it doesn't go away because when you're competing and you're you know second, third, and fourth, and fifth, um, there's this comfort zone because you know you don't have that responsibility. But I would imagine. In 2011, when you placed first for the first time um, in Mr. Olympia, it was a whole new set of circumstances as far as go going next level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you it, it was also during the, the start of the social media era. So you have to add that component in as well. So you're going to have people that love you, hate you. And it's not just in a magazine that they can read, that they can define like what how they feel about it. Once the ma when the magazines were there, I mean, we've all read them, um, whether it be in bodybuilding or just regular stuff. They can paint a picture. They, those journalists can paint a perfect picture for you, and that's how you become heroes to many people around the world. But when you have that dwindle, and now you have people that aren't really journalists, and you have every Tom, Dick, and Harry that can go on Twitter and write about you, yep. you have to take that into consideration as to, do I really want this? I mean, hell. There's plenty of people that hide within corporate America in their jobs that let's say they're making five, 10 grand a month that they really bitch and moan about their job, but mm. they're unwilling to take the hits. They're unwilling to take the criticism, the scrutiny, the mis to be misunderstood. Mm. They don't want that because they want to be liked and they want to be comfortable. 
but yet they see their friends getting the promotion or the guy gets the girl that they always wanted to go to prom with or whatever it is. Like the guy that bought his mom a house or got a, got that new car was able to take his family on vacation. Mm-hmm. See, I, I was the guy that said, look, no, I want that. but And I'm willing to take the hits. I know it's not going to be easy. And it's a lot of time is that everybody will say, oh, well, don't worry about what other people tell, talk about you and stuff. Man, everybody hears stuff. You, it, <laughs> we're all insecure to a degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to a degree. So it's how you eliminate the noise when the time is right. You know, when it's battle-tested moments, like, you got to be ready. And you have to then eventually get to the point where your whole wire, your mindset is wired to say, no, bring on that damn storm and then say, I am the damn storm. Oh, yeah. And I'm ready to go for it. And I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, I care about you being a human being and all that politically correct stuff. But as far as my goals, it don't matter if you're with me or against me. I'm going. And um, it ain't about who's coming with me. I'm going whether you're with me or not. And that's how I lived during that segment of life. And it, and it enabled me a, a great life, you know, to travel the world and meet tons of fans and inspire millions of people to, you know, to just go for it. It could be anything. It didn't have to just be bodybuilding, you know. <laughs> it could be anything, man. How did you, uh, how do you strike the balance with that? And, could, and, and it's a great point because there's a big difference between, you know, reading periodicals and where where people are shaping the story in a positive light for the most part and creating that legacy. But when you go into social media, there's obviously a lot of toxic actors and whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, there's a whole bunch of people with uh, toxic agendas. And then uh, the communication isn't always positive. And then when you won, you know, it's the, it's basically the tsunami of the social media revolution. And Mm -hmm. you have, I would ride that wave in and, and be very uh, methodical on how you uh, decided to ride that wave. And so many people have failed and faltered. You know, so many people have let that consume them um, and then let the, you know, you know, whether it was ego, whether it was pride, whether it was a combination, how, how did you strike the balance and kind of living a life uh, in an industry that, you know, judges you based off your physique um, and then having the social media spotlight where everybody could communicate to you positive or negative is, was there a, a tactic that you utilized to strike that balance between that world and kind of the real world that you had to live in to be at your best? Yeah, screwing up, meaning not being afraid to say the wrong thing, like, and, and be willing to elaborate because you are going to be misunderstood because my wiring in my brain is probably different than the next guy when it comes to, especially when it comes to health and wellness, you know, like is in, in you're talking about competition. Mm-hmm. My wiring is different. So that doesn't mean that I'm always going to relate to everyone, but I'm going to try. And I think my fans know that I give, I give authenticity to everything I do and everything I say. And they know that, yeah, they can go online. They can go against inspiration and motivation for some Instagram, you know, model or whatever, you know, some influencer. Mm-hmm. But what I bring is different. I, what I bring is, is a champion mindset. I put, I put all that influencer crap to the test, to the highest test. So I learned that you're not always going to be understood, Phil. You're going to have to be patient. 
And you have to be willing to serve people. You have to be willing to educate people. You don't always have to be right. And that's even something recently I've had to learn. It's like, Phil, you're, you're, you can't argue with people because you love to debate. I grew up in a household where, you know, it was just, it was okay to debate. Like, it was, like, it was good. It was, like, healthy, healthy debating. And um, it just showed who could, you know, have the best argument with the best data, you know? And sometimes with, uh, and then with, obviously, with me going to college for business and IT, I mean, you can tell, like, the type of mind I have, right? Like, I always, things have to be factual and this and that. I'm willing to research and blast you with information. But when it comes to this stuff, sometimes it's not even about being right or wrong with fans. It's about just that letting them see you and letting them see who you are and being patient and being calm and being kind and and lowering those uh, walls of my own self and saying, hey, look, I would like to share with you some information. Take it or leave it. I, I can say compared to the person that you're probably getting information from on paper, I'm probably better. Now, I'm not talking trash, just. It is what it is. And you just learn and you and you follow your audience and you say, you know what, sometimes, you know, like if you go on my Instagram right now, you're not going to see a ton of images that you would see on your normal fitness model page. Most mm -hmm. fitness model is doing things that are high, high sale items and showing their body off all the time. I don't really have to prove to you that I have a great physique when I got the titles. Yeah, I, I can work on your mindset because that mindset supersede all those people that you're following no question about it i would rather learn how to how to fight in the jungle by a green beret that's been in a no exit mission than just some guy at the gun range yeah i, I want battle tested people that's just who i am i want to i don't want to learn how to invest money with some bank teller i want to go to a warren buffett man yeah you know so it's hard right and i just learned like you have to be okay with people not liking you. You have to be okay with people not understanding you. But if you reach them with peace and love and appreciation, you kind of like eliminate the trolling as well. Because then you're saying, like if someone said, oh, Phil, you suck and this and that. And I say, you know what, man, I hope you have a better day, man. Because <laughs> you know? uh, I know I don't suck. I, I, know, I already know this. I know who I am. But now I'm telling that person, Man, I, I hope you have a better day, dude. Like, God bless you, man. And and what are they gonna say? You know, yeah. on average, they say. With kindness, man. Uh, oh, like, I was just, I was just joking, Phil. I was just joking, man. You know, yeah. and this, and it's we live in that world where there are a lot of people that are hurting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time in my career, I didn't know necessarily how to handle those people. So you're like, ah, oh, screw you back. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> you're a moron whatever and then you realize no, no 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 it's deeper than that phil they follow you or even they ghost follow you they may not like a post they just want to be seen man and if you and that means that you have the power to help them just by letting them see you by saying hey man i hope you have a better day maybe they are having a bad day and they just wanted to lash out at some guy that you know they're probably thinking oh this guy makes money he's famous he's this ah, who cares i'm just going to talk trash to him behind the shield and use it as a sword against celebrities that's what fans do mm -hmm. so once you get that and and go to your spirit you're like wait a minute man these guys just want help mm -hmm. they wouldn't be wasting their damn time and let's hope they're not wasting their time because they you know like i don't do that to other people so you know i i realize you know what there's a lot of goodness that can come out of this being a champion 
and and how I can help others. And that's really to the point where I'm at in my life is that if I'm not helping you, then what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm asking people, hey, man, I know a lot of people want to get in shape. I know a lot of people hear all these different diets and training theories and stuff. Man, hit me up. You know, like, let's, let's, let's use social media for what it's really powerful with. You know, let's not fight about nonsense. Like, let's get stuff done. You know, and maybe I learned something from people because I'll be honest, I've learned a lot from my fans telling me their struggles and how they persevered. And, you know, I could be having a bad day, too. And I read some of these emails and DMs. I'm like, I need to shut up and just <laughs> get my butt back in there. Get in yeah. the fight, man. You know, so it's it's a it's a it's an interesting thing. You know, I'm just glad that I can even have this opportunity to talk about it briefly. And And as I'm talking, I'm smiling because I know in my heart, like. This is a cool thing for me, and I'm embracing every freaking moment of it. And I want people to have the same feeling. And it's not like, oh, cliche, like he's trying to sell a book or something. It's like, no, dude, I want you to be happy because it's hell on earth sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out how to, you know, change that mindset so we can go after those goals a little different. Yeah. You, what I've noticed about you is that, uh, number one, you're a really humble uh, person, individual, especially for the, uh, the level of accomplishment that you've uh, accomplished in your industry and in your field of expertise. But I've noticed that, that about a lot of experts, you know, we, you know, come in from a special operations background myself, where I talk about it in a tactical space, whereby, you know, sometimes you do want the expert to have the vetted experience and you kind of want the master of the trade. And when you, when you look at, look back at your career, was there a point in which you became more empathetic or is that something that you've earned um, and and something that you've decided to disseminate because of the the current state that you're in right now, where you know you you've won so much and you know what victory feels like, and it, you're more humbled by it. Or have you always been empathetic? Is that something that you learned from somebody um, as part of your your character? I think it, I I think it came from knowing what it felt like to win, to lose as a kid playing sports. I think sports is great because it does teach you both. You ain't always going to win, you know, and with sports other than maybe video games or something. I mean, it's it's there's real physical like push and pull. Right. There's there's a lot that goes into it. And, um, you know, I could lose a basketball game and just end up crying. And then you're like you get old and you're like, I'm not going to feel like this again. And I'm going to just work hard and I'm going to do this and do that. You become a student of yourself. And I think over time, I just evolved in this person where I'm like. I've had a lot of good blessings, man. I've, I've, you know, and I had to, you know, it's funny. My fiance, she said this the other day. She goes, Phil, you need to um, do yourself a favor. You take a shower. You know, what are we doing? Take a shower. You know, go wash yourself. And then you take a look at yourself in the mirror. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you need to go ahead and thank your body. Thank your body for going through all of these years of pain and torture. You put it through. Yeah. And, um, and I did that. And I was wow. Like. You know, because when you win the Olympia, just like I'm sure even for you, like being on uh, being on missions and stuff, after that mission is done, you're always everybody's patting on your back. And then you're thinking about the next mission. You're mm-hmm. thinking about the next contest, the next contest. I'm not thinking about like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at me. Look at me. I'm like, man, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. And next year I got to do this. I'm already thinking about this at the victory parties. So I never really got a chance to really um, think about it until... 
you know, most recently I had a sur- I had hernia surgery for the second time in the past two years, um, this past October. And when you have something like that done, you can't do anything physical. So I'm just sitting there and I'm writing down notes and I'm thinking, Phil, like you better embrace everything that you've done and thank your body for everything you've gone through because you're not done yet. 39 and you can still compete at a very high level. If not, keep winning. But thank yourself for not for believing in you. Like like I I like I watched uh was watching uh, uh Snoop Dogg on Instagram and he was thanking himself for achieving his own hands on the walk of fame and it made me laugh you know a lot of people like what kind of arrogant crap is this and i was like no he's thanking himself first (laughs) because he had to go through all the hits you didn't go through the hits for him he took the hits and in bodybuilding you didn't lift the weight for me you didn't eat the meals for me you gave me encouragement maybe from afar but Mm -hmm. i still had to choose to do it so i'm going to give myself that pat on the back and that is okay i'm here to tell people it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back because if you don't believe in yourself who else does and maybe you don't have friends or family that are doing that for you. You better be your biggest fan, but you better go to work. And you mm-hmm. better be factual, unlike what we see, like you said before, about the you know, the toxic stuff that we see online, the false prophets and stuff. You got to be really careful that you don't fall into that either. Mm-hmm. Because maybe there's a dollar sign at, you know, at the end of it. And, you know, we all have to make money for ourselves and our families, right? So, you know, that's where, you know, for me, I, I got to this point where I'm at now of, of enlightenment where I'm like, I'm, I'm very thankful that I'm 39 years young. I've, I've achieved something that only 14 people can say they've achieved, but yet only three people really can say that they've done. And, um, that's winning seven or more Mr. Olympia titles. So I'm, I'm in a very cool category and I'm going to be thankful for that. I'm going to be excited for that. And I'm going to share that, that excitement because everybody doesn't get to be that type of a champion. But maybe they want to do something else. And I can say, hey, man, I know you're down in the dumps, man. Like, like I can tell him a story about how I was down in the dumps and I still focused. I still, you know, you, you, know, you can go through a, a death in the family or, or a divorce or a dog dying or whatever it is. You still have to go to work. You still have to keep your eyes on that prize because mm-hmm. the world is not going to stop for you. <laughs> and no one is going to just coddle you you can't expect someone to do that and if they do man bless them but at the same time they're they're enabling you to not be the best version of self and that's not something that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna regret that in the end you know win or lose man you you tried you know and that means you lived and that's and that's how i that's how i view all this stuff now phil what is you know it sounds like uh you have a real good structure. You have a real good uh, uh, place in your mind for building this just positive mindset, this resiliency that you've learned through experience and everything else. I wanted to ask you, who were your major influencers in your life, whether it was personal or professional, that kind of shaped uh, your mind and your body as you grew up in this field of expertise? Was there was it your mom? Was it was it your family was it you know professional trainers who were the major impact professional career i would say initially it was like various family members and friends um uh coaches huge like all my i I was very fortunate to have some real hard-ass coaches growing up back when i'm sorry but i'm gonna say it back when parents couldn't really tell coaches what to do 
<laughs> Back yeah. when there was real discipline. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I love those days. I, I wish they were still here because it really, I mean, it kept me off the street. It kept me wanting better for my life. Um, my high school basketball coach was just a mean dude. But you know what? I still call him every every year during state and, and wish him well. I, I still, you know, visit with him as much as I can. You know, I still participate with my old high school because of him because he cared that much to where you would just be oh my god like <laughs> all of our parents want him fired you know because he was just like bobby knight you know like he was crazy and i still would run through a brick wall for him today because i just felt i it's different you know i just felt it i felt that he cared so for him it was great um I would say I have a best friend that I played ball in college with who I do look up to very much. And um, he he and I battled back and forth. We played the same position. So, I mean, of course, we didn't like each other <laughs> in college. But um, he managed to, um, you know, get his MBA five years of college and, you know, work in the tech industry. Curling works for AWS. He's a VP for them, uh, for Amazon. And um, he's 38 years old, and that's unheard of. Uh, being executive vice president at that age, I mean, for that company, I mean, he didn't have any handouts, you know. So I, I look at him, and I've been very fortunate to have a friend that walked in those trenches with me in college and and then hit the real world and me see his life um, from a distance and what he's been able to do in the tech field. I, he basically has my dream job. If I wasn't competing in bodybuilding, what he's doing, I would love to do. And it didn't, what I faced with bodybuilding, with the challenges of balancing work, family, friends, business, he's done the same. And so I would say he's one of them. And then, you know, various and, you know, various entrepreneurs that I follow online, whether it be, uh, Patrick, Bed, David, uh, Bedros, Killian, um, Tim Grover. I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, that I've had the fortune of visiting with. Um, they're they're just very positive people. You know, Tony Robbins, people like that. Like I, I watch them, and I know that deep down they have that. They just have that it factor that they're that they may lose, but they're going to learn. And for me, it's all about having that willingness to learn and, and surround myself around people that have have won and have lost, have gotten their ass kicked and said, okay, I'll learn. <laughs> and then in the end, they're like, hell yeah, I got this. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just the type of guy I've always been, you know, and I, I always like surrounding myself around, you know, those positive people that do have the, the crazy stories. Cause in the end, man, I don't want to have a boring life. <laughs> you know, the guy that won all the, all the time and didn't have anything to share. I mean, how can I relate to anybody? How can I help anybody? So I would say those people, you know, collectively, even now, you know, I'm always searching for that next person that I can kind of look at and say, okay, I'm not really good at this craft. Who is? And it all surrounds themselves about what we're talking about. This phone is having the proper mindset and going for it, not being afraid to learn new things and to accept defeat, but never fail because you didn't give up. Yeah. 100%. I, and I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned about, about having a positive mindset and then surrounding yourself by those same people, it's, 
you know, you want you want positive people, but you also want real people. And I think so often in our lives, we're surrounded by especially it's so easy to be toxic. It's so easy to fall into that complacency in life. And uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, your your mindset, what what turned us on to you is, is the fact that you're you're very positive on your outlooks and and uh, even overcoming loss. And I, I wanted to ask you about loss and and how that's affected your life. One of the things I always communicate is that if you want to grow that disruption in your life that warrants the most growth uh, typically is correlated to failing, typically correlated with um, uh, failing hard. You know, some of the toughest times where you're uh, you're ebbing and flowing through life are the ones where you're picking yourself up from the greatest losses. And mm-hmm. you've had losses in your life personally and professionally what what is your kind of what is your outlook on on losing on coming back from a loss? Uh, how do you get over it? How do you overcome and and how does that benefit your mindset? You know, I think um, I think losing is a, is a great teacher, <laughs> and a lot of people don't want that te- that that teaching moment. They don't want that moment. They they because it hurts, and it makes them look at themselves. You know, I, I was talking to a friend about it yesterday. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, you lose and sometimes you point fingers and then they forget that there's three more fingers pointing back at them. Mm-hmm. They, it's as simple as that. It's like, ask yourself what you could have done. And sometimes the answer is I could, I can't, I couldn't have done anything more. Well, then you got to be okay with that and say, you know what? If I did my best, my best is always good enough. But did I do my best? Did I really do my best? Let's own it. Mm-hmm. And usually 90% of the time you'll find some people say, I'd say 90% of the people that say they initially they'll say they did their best. There's going to be like, no, I didn't. I slacked here. I slept. I overslept or I could have learned this. And if you're not thinking like that, then how are you going to grow? Yeah. So, you know, I had to be okay with that. Um, even recently in 2018, you know, losing and, uh, you know, I can make excuses and this and that, but at the end of the day, I mean, it ain't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. So what can change? My outlook on life, my outlook on competing, my outlook on, you know, diet, training, exercise, whatever. Um, could I say it's dumb luck? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that just happens, too. That's a part. Of, that's why it's a game. It's a contest. And um, sometimes just crap happens, right? So you got to be okay with that. Um, but what you can't be okay with is, is dwelling on things that are out of your control and, and then just go into a hole and feel sorry for yourself and make excuses and not want to get back on the saddle. It's like, no. So what I did when I lost, I didn't know what the hell was going on because I'm thinking, gosh, I haven't lost since I've never lost something that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was foreign. And then, you know, I had to relate it to Tom Brady, man. Like, you think everybody wants him to win? <laughs> they don't want him to win any more than he already has. And uh, I and I felt that that the same. So I so when we talk about association, I was like, you know what? You got to pay attention to this guy because you know they they have the whole country rooting against this guy for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. whether it be this year or the previous win. And he handles it. He handles it. And he says it at the press conference. I just love on him. You know, I just love everybody, man. Because 
he don't need to hate anybody. What he needs to do is focus on his craft. That's all he can do. He can't change. I can't change your opinion. Like you, you do that from listening to my speech and maybe meeting with me, but I can't meet with millions of people. Mm-hmm. So for me, after losing, I was like, Phil, did you really lose? No, actually won. Why did you win? Because you learned stuff. You learn stuff about who you are. You just mm-hmm. came back from an injury, man. Like how many people can do that and be second in the world at something? Not very many. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't get down on yourself. Just tell yourself, yeah, we're, if you were 100%, would you win? Probably, but that didn't happen. So just know that even when you're not 100%, you can still be second, but that ain't going to be something that you like. Mm-hmm. But that's great because that means that you still have fire inside your belly and you can go do stuff, you know, that enhances your, your, you know, your craft and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I, I even thought about things I could do outside of competition and it took me losing to be able to say well you're not just good at bodybuilding phil you did go to college i mean you you have met with many business leaders and you met with celebrities and entrepreneurs and stuff what else are you good at so i started writing all that stuff down then i started putting those things into action creating new new ways of income mm-hmm. new new stream of revenue of income for myself and my family and hopefully when i have kids i'll have that for them too Mm-hmm. So I didn't just get pigeonholed and just saying, I want the trophy, you know, and that's, and that's easy to do. You know, that's very easy to do. You know, you get so engulfed in that. And that doesn't mean that I don't like winning. It just means that there's, there is life after competing and losing actually helped me understand that. And I'm, and I'm in a much better space where I'm not uh, emotionally raw, where I'm in that con that conflict of like I'm still I'm still in that moment of competing. It's like, dude, it's over. Mm-hmm. That's over for now. What can you do to make yourself happy? Oh, spend time with my girl. Go out with friends. Bodybuilding you. I haven't had a summer, Mike, since 2007. Because <laughs> you have to think the Mr. Olympia contest is in September, so it takes me four months to get ready for this contest four months of strict dieting strict dieting i mean i'm training all year right but i'm strict dieting during that period of time so i haven't had a summer since 2007 so i'm like looking at that thinking phil you've given this a good a good time of your life dude um think about all the things you sacrificed and what you gained out of it but Start planning for the future. Start planning to like maybe not. <laughs> you know what? Are you, do you want to sacrifice that for the rest of your life? Do you want to not have a chance? Like if you said, "Hey, Phil, we're doing a barbecue, this and that," I'd be like, "Sorry, man," or "Hey, I, sorry, man." Hey, sorry, man, because I'm gonna be around other people drinking and having a great time, and I can't do that, so it might bother me. So it's um, there's a it's lot that goes in. Deployment for you've been on a deployment for ten years, man. It sounds like that you've been down range. <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah and now like i said with with uh losing you're like damn okay do i still want to do this and if i do do i have to do that particular contest there's other contests yeah it's not the best in the world the super bowl of bodybuilding but there's other ones available to you that would go with what you desire so i could compete in the arnold classic which is the largest one and same people that do the olympia do this one so it's you know just another title you know so i I can still compete it's like phil you can still compete but there's other things in life that you might want 
to start focusing more on like having a having a kid, you know, you know, like all that cool stuff, you know, um, you know, running multiple businesses and being present in those companies. Mm-hmm. When you're competing for the Olympia, you're not going to be present. You're not going to be. Well, I say, let me say this: you're not going to be passionately present during those months of dieting. You're just not. Yeah. And and that's very difficult. So, I would. I would definitely say that, you know, I'm taking loss as a way of becoming stronger, but more mentally and emotionally and understanding there's more commerce and there's more time with family and friends and bodybuilding is always going to be there for me. I could do the show this year, but if I don't want to do it, then what am I going to do to supplement that? I'm going to take my girl on a vacation or something. I'm going to rekindle that. Like her birthday's in July. Like, (laughs) so you already know where I'm getting at. Like, he doesn't get a summer. <laughs> yeah. That's not cool either. <laughs> so it's um, it, there's a lot, and couldn't correlate it to anyone on deployment or anything like that. But I will say this: I, I definitely have a great support system of someone that understands and supports my decisions. But at the end of the day, when it's when I have a choice, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that my family is first, and um, you know, and there's going to be times where, you know, work goes above that. But if I can choose, choose my family. Um, yeah. You know, I'm happy that I can get to that point where I was like, well, hell, I could win 10 more Olympias and that ain't going to get me any. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. That would be great. But you get what I'm saying. It's like, dude, you're tied with Schwarzenegger. I can go down the street and say, hey, man, I'm tied with Schwarzenegger. Something. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. You know, I, I like to kind of smell the roses a little bit you know what i'm saying while still working and doing other cool projects and you know stuff like that well yeah you know it's when i think about it's it's kind of i think about my career you know i had 20 years in special operations and then kind of the evolution of an expert right you're a subject matter expert because uh you have the operational experience it's not like you you've been talking theory you've been getting vetted through the experience and so your institutional knowledge an understanding of these important categories like mindset, like skill sets, like individual things that you've learned along the way are important when you look at the overall evolution of how you become you know, the master of your craft and then how you give back. I mean, I, I could already tell uh, from, from communicating with you, you know, you're an intelligent guy who has that background in business and IT, you have your business savvy, but, but again, when you commit yourself to the craft, you don't have that allocated time to concentrate your efforts on, you know, growing your family, growing your business, growing uh, your institutional knowledge and, and spreading the wealth uh, to people, like even doing podcasts like this. I mean, so it's like it's like when you get to that point um, and revolving, it's like, you know, when you look at other bodybuilders in the career field. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good example of it, where he became a politician. I mean, he became an actor and he became a a famous actor and then utilized a lot of that influence to become a politician and and try to do a lot of good uh, in the public sector. What what do you think, what do you think your, the evolution of you as a man um, is headed? You know, I heard you mention your girl uh, a few times and it, and it sounds like to me that you guys might be, uh, you're, you're settling down you might look to, to have a family. Is that in the cards for you in the near future? And is there like a, you know, how do you look at it as a craft or as evolving as a person? Is there some, uh, 
role or responsibility that you feel like you should have next in the evolution of your individual life? I think so. I think, um, you know, I'd like to, gosh, I take pictures with everybody else's kids. I, I need my own. <laughs> so it's like, man, like every time I see someone's kid, I'm like, look at this kid. Look at this little kid. Look at this little kid. And my girl's like, oh my God, I want a child so bad. Cause I'm like six years older than she is. So yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, if we, if we can, if we can have that, then awesome. You know, if we can't, then, you know, we'll, we'll make something else work, you know, like, but, but um, I would just love it. I think it, I, I'm smiling just talking about it. I just think it would be great. You know, just my little buddy, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, I just think it's cool. I, I see the, I see the expressions on my, um, the guys who I compete against, they have kids and I see their, you know, whether they win or lose, they're a champion in their kid's eye. And I yeah. just think, how cool is that? And how cool is it also that I get to travel the world on someone else's dime doing promotional work? And, and seminars and such um to be able to have my family come along with at an early age what yeah. what kind i mean come on like i would have loved to have that experience you know as a kid and um just to get culture not just an american culture but worldwide like i've traveled in over 40 countries in my career so if that kid could be around 10 like let's say they're a teenager and say yeah I, i've been to i've been to egypt i've been to morocco i've been to australia i've been to yeah i've actually been there like I'm taking history class. I've actually been there. <laughs> Here's the picture, you know, that I just want to be able to share that. And just the knowledge in my girl, you know, we talk about it, you know, there's, there's days where you're like, yeah, I want them. And then you see how crazy the world is. And you're like, oh, I don't want them. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's part of the next step. And then also, you know, just being a, being a bigger businessman, you know, just, you know, doing different projects, collaborations, et cetera, but also doing more public speaking. I uh, want to work with more kids and, um, you know, really want to continually work. I've been, I've worked with the USO for gosh, almost 10 years. So I want to do more stuff with them. Uh, cause I know freedom isn't free. I, I understand that. Um, and I just want to be there for those men, women that serve. And you know, I appreciate what you do, Mike. And, you know, thank you. But, uh, but the most, but most importantly, just, I just want to make myself available. Uh, I, I want to be on TV and film. Uh, you know, not just the action hero stuff. I think I'd be kind of cool at it. Um, but I think I'd have a great time with it. But in addition to that, speaking with like, you know, our, our government's leaders and, and especially in schools, like even right now in Denver, I mean, there, today was a day that the teachers walked out because oh, wow. of being underpaid and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, come on, like, you know, I think someone of my celebrity or whatever you want to call it my likeness uh, when it comes to like after school programs free or reduced lunches you know just health in general uh, you got seven time mr olympian here i should be on that governor's board of health and fitness i should be on that president's council of health and fitness mm -hmm. you know so those are goals of mine that i that i have and that are dear to my heart that i want you know to expand on and utilize and you know even in march i I go to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic in Columbus and I put on a charity event for autism awareness. It's my seventh straight year doing that. So I, I've, I've, I've understood that like when you have a platform, people are going to want to align themselves with you if you're willing and able to you know, articulate your thoughts well and to collaborate on philanthropy and charity events and stuff like that. So that's where I'm really passionate about because all the other stuff, you know, running a clothing line and doing, you know, all this other stuff that I do, that's 
it's great, you know, and, and God, you know, I'm, I've been blessed, but to be able to share those other things and be hands-on is what I want. And I want, and I do want those eyes on me. See, I'm, I'm not like other athletes. I want those eyes on me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm running polit- for political office one day, but I'm just saying, I want those eyes on me because kids need heroes, man. And, and no, I'm, and, and no, I'm not a hero. Like in your world, I, I get that. I respect it. But when these kids, when these kids play basketball or football or baseball, or they watch pros do it, and they're and that pro sacks a quarterback, JJ Watt sacks a quarterback, LeBron James gets an and one on a dunk. What do they do? They point to those biceps and they hit a most muscular. Mm-hmm. Where the hell did they learn this from? They learned it from guys like me. And if mm-hmm. I don't go out there and put myself out there, then I'm kind of doing my whole industry a disservice. Because it hasn't been in, in, since maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger. People just know Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's all they know. All bodybuilders. Oh, yeah, I know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Uh, uh, and they need to know who Phil Heath is. You know, They need to know who I am, where I come from, how I can help. Um, because that's where it really is. How I can help you. How can I get you better? How can I work with your kids? You're telling me that your kid... You know, it's very simple. Like kids, kids nowadays are much different. They have more, you know, things pulling at them than ever before with the phone and TV and stuff. And the the parents need support. They and they need support from people that are like I don't want to say because I'm a man, masculine, but like you think that some sixth graders aren't gonna look at me and be like, holy crap! Like you know what I mean? Some some guys in high school are like, holy smokes, this guy's huge. And then, and I got your attention. But it's what I do with it that counts. And I'm willing and able to do it. I've done it already. I've, I've spoken to these kids and I care about it. I do, I've done tutoring projects. I've, I've done that as a bodybuilder. I've, I've done those things. And I love it. And it's just that's where I see myself um, being more of that public servant while still running other businesses to make a living. Yeah, I like that, man. I, I, I think... Uh... I, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think it is a responsibility, especially of people who are victorious and understand loss and who have all these experiences through their life that can benefit others. Because, you know, we, you know, in the social media world that we live in, I mean, it's just a, a natural constraint that, you know, a lot of the family homes are being broken and it's just something that's always happened. And to have male role models or role models, period, especially in your field of expertise, it's like, and the, and then what you could do with that when so many people don't, uh, it's important to hear that and it's important to uh, uh, understand that. And I, it makes me uh, uh, proud to see that happening with you because I'm like, you know, so many people in your shoes, um, you know, that get get to your level and other parallel fields of expertise don't take that unique opportunity they have to, you know, really resonate with people and mentor people and help people because. I mean, we're a society more than ever that needs help, especially at the, the core of the family. Yes. Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Because it's, it's just crazy right now. And I, I'll be honest, I get on some of my own, you know, fellow competitors. I'm like, hey, I know you guys do stuff in your own in your own circles and stuff. But hey, man, it's time to like, to, you know, squash some of these negative stereotypes of bodybuilders and get out there and start visiting with people. Just, just visit. Just go to your local children's hospital. You don't have to be a champion to go do that. 
You really don't. Like you're you have a professional status. Like go use it because you're gonna. Know. You're, it's like they don't know that they're how much power they really have. And um, you can't just do the social media and think that that's enough. It's not enough. It's not. It's just the beginning. Because there's everybody doesn't use that as much as you think. You know, everybody wants to. A lot of people, and I say everybody. Some people are probably, you know, giving me the finger right now. You know, but it's like you're hiding because you know that once you open your mouth, you're accountable now. Once yep. you start doing stuff, now you're accountable. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be accountable? <laughs> you know, who? I mean, come on, like, who really? Wants be accountable for everything they say i can't say anything there's going to be somebody that takes a snippet of this even and mm-hmm. make me try to twist it up and say something and, and and all i have to do is just be calm and share love and say that's not what i said and that's not what i meant but here i'm, I'm willing to elaborate for you and to give you a better per- perception and it's not because i'm trying to wing you over it's just to provide better color to this conversation and more clarity so you don't have to walk around being upset you know and because i don't i'm not going to win everybody but i can tell you this if i when i when i die i know i know some of my closest people are going to say well he was a good dude he was he you know he had a great physique but he just the only thing we can say about him that was bad is that he cared too damn much and i'm okay with that he cared too damn much and i want people to say man phil phil he, he cared too damn much about people <laughs> not not about what people thought but like just people he cared about them too much mm-hmm. because i'm okay with that i'm like man if i you know i can hear a friend vent and stuff like that about business or this and i'm like sometimes i'm like gosh okay you're hey bro you're kind of becoming an energy vampire here <laughs> but but i'm thinking to myself he needs to get these words out man and i can help him do that and he can be a better husband or employee or owner i'm i'm good with that yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I'll, I'll fill my cup later. You know, get recharged and go hit the gym. But I I, I really I I just like I said. I mean, I I encourage even my fellow uh, competitors. It's like you got to step up, and you got to be willing to take the hits along with it. Because I'm kind of like on that back nine of my career. You know, on the golf course, right? I'm on the back nine. I'm probably at the 18th hole. So someone else has got to take it. Someone else has got to be willing to take those hits. And we see it in other sports, right? You know, the ones that thrive are the ones that have someone that stands up. Yep. And not just like on a political thing. Like, I'm not doing all that. But I'm saying, like, how can I advance an industry that has helped me out so much? If I don't think that way, then I'm a greedy bastard. I'm greedy. I'm just, oh, I'm going to take, take, take and not give nothing back. Go hide. And go live my life with my girl and, you know, do my thing, you know, say hi to everybody, but not willing to give any perspective to help the next feel he. No, I can't. I can't do that. I got to I got to out there saying, come on, let's go. How can I help you, man? You're you're Mr. Olympia. You want to help me? Yes, I want to help you. Because guess what? When I was when I was coming up, ain't no one try to help me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) You got to leave it better than what, you know, you got you to leave this world better than where you had it. Like when you're here, that's what we do with kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just all on that tip. You know, I don't think that's going to change. I'm, you know, I'll be 40 this year and I'm, I'm not even dreading it. I'm more like thinking, gosh, that's going to be one hell of a party. So, 
yeah, in, in that, but this year is my year, and I and I say that every time, but I, I really mean it because of the energy that I have and what I want to project to others. You know, I want them to train hard. I want them to train smart, and I want them to have fun. I want them to take what they're really good at in life and 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 understand why they're good at those things, mm-hmm. and then now write those things down, and then say, well, what are you not good at? And then kind of say, well, well why aren't you good at those things? And then you can go back and forth to those different sides, left and right, and say, well, I'm really good at bodybuilding and I'm really bad at, you know, this. Okay, how did I get there? How did I get here? Okay, well, shoot. Like, if I'm good, it's like parents. It's like, does your kid play video games? They're like, yeah. I go, what game? They go, Call of Duty. I go, okay, cool. If I were to go to your kid's house and beat the crap out of him and talk some trash, what would he do? Would he press continue or would he press, press game over? And video games are great because they give you that option. Uh-huh. Gonna keep kids gonna keep playing, and eventually he's gonna he's gonna get me, and he's gonna be bragging. He's gonna be talking that trash and stuff. And then I'm gonna look at him and say, "Well, how'd you do it? Well, I found that you were hiding over here and you're doing this and doing that. And I finally got all right. Cool. Why can't you figure out geometry? Why can't you figure out history? Figure it out, boy. <laughs> you know, like just figure it out. You already proved to me you can figure this out." You know, our grandparents can't play no video games, you know, but they can figure this stuff out. Uh-huh. So you just have to have the, 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 someone to kind of point out what you're really good at and say, no, you found out through, through these skills. You have those skills. You just have to learn how to do what we always talk about in the business world. Execute, but more importantly, the application. You could teach me if I wanted to go, hey, Mike, like, I need to be able to shoot better. I need to be able to shoot my rifle better. How do I do this? And you walk me through it. And I say, well, I, I'm just having a hard... You'd be like, Phil, like, seriously, the focus that you have with... Body, I already know. Focus I have with bodybuilding, doing this and doing that, just do this. Be calm. Do this. Next time I hit it, oh my god! You know, I did it. Now replicate that. <laughs> right? Yep. Replicate that. Now the next lesson. Now the next lesson. It's all about having a willingness to learn. And we have to encourage kids and adults to do the same thing. Trust me, I I do this to myself. Like, you know, when you turn 18, who's asking you the same questions you got when you were a kid? What did you learn today? That's what your dad and your mom always say. What'd you learn today? What'd you learn today? When you turn 18 out of the house, they ain't nobody asking that no more. So you spent, I'm 39, spent 21 years of not being asked that. So I better go get that information myself. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be a real dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, but I think overall, we have to have that willingness to learn and, and be okay to, to, to suffer defeat, man. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't be looking for someone to always like <laughs> coddle you after you lose. Because mm-hmm. I tell you what, I didn't have a lot of people coddle me after I lost. I didn't. My phone did not ring. Mm-hmm. It did not ring. Maybe they were in shock too. Maybe they didn't know what to say. So I didn't take it and become bitter and say, oh, well, no one, everybody's against me. It's like, no, man, like, life goes on, Phil. <laughs> you know? uh, go, go back to the hotel and go get you a slice of pizza. And if you want to cry it out, go cry it out. If not, then just carry on, brother. Life goes on. So I like, I like your pay it forward attitude, man. I mean, what I, what I hear from that is, you know, you, you've obviously earned uh, your position amongst the, the greatest bodybuilders in the world and, and to actually 
understand that paying it forward and, and giving back is an important element to, uh, I think, growing as or evolving, like, like the full circle, of the full spectrum of, uh, I think, living as a person, like a valuable life. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, if you had to flush out a couple habits that would benefit uh, a listener, somebody who's wants to grow up and be the next Phil Heath, um, what, what advice would you give them uh, and things that you've implemented in your life that you've seen the best results in? Um, when they say knowing, like when, when people talk about like knowing who you are, like, like find out who you are, you ain't going to really find that out until you kind of get kicked in the teeth a few times or in the balls, I guess. I just say like things happen, man. You got to be okay with it. But the most important thing, person that wants to, you know, get into this is that you have to do it yourself. You really have to understand like what, um, what physical attributes you have, but how do you deal with things on an emotional level? So the biggest things for me is to understand like how do I how do I understand how do I handle when someone's pat me on the back or let's just say simple stuff on social media when someone likes something how do you respond how, how if someone comments bad how do you respond mm-hmm. how does that make you feel and understand that those feelings whether it be great or bad it's like when I was a kid they used to coach you always used to always say don't read the newspaper because you'll be happy and you know, walking through the halls in high school, like, yeah, I'm the man. And then the next week you have a bad game and then you want to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to learn that like those opinions of others, like they can't, they can't prevent you from getting to your goal. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that, like, you got to say, no matter what, this is what I want. I want to go get a college education. I'm going to do it by any means necessary. I'm going to do, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go learn this this subject i'm going to learn this trade i'm going to learn but you want to be a bodybuilder you better write everything down and you better look back at that and be a student of yourself and you better understand that with social media posting all that stuff online you don't get a trophy for that you get a trophy for what you do when everybody's asleep Mm -hmm. you get a trophy for actually suffering and saying to yourself i still remember 2008 i got my i did my first mr olympia i got top three as a rookie for the olympia that hasn't been done i think since 1993 or 94 Mm -hmm. but that following year the day before the damn show i got food poisoning day before i'm like damn it like i'm literally got emts in my room and i remember people didn't want to believe it so i actually produced the document from the the emt yeah and i published it online i said no I'm not making an excuse why I don't look good. I'm just telling you what happened. But I'm also telling you that I'm still going to compete tomorrow in the next day. And I still got fifth. And I told myself, man, this sucks. But I got what I deserve, right? I can't be, like, over here begging a judge, like, please, like, you know, but, like, take this into account. It's like, they're not judging you on this. They're judging how you look, man. But what I did that next day, there was a photo shoot with, like, 20 athletes. And it was with Joe Weeder. I was, I think the call time was like 10 30, 11 o'clock. I was there at 8 30 in the morning doing legs. Mm-hmm. And one of the writers was there and he was like, Why are you here so early? And I said, Why are you here? You know, I'm working out. <laughs> well, is there a reason why you're doing legs? And I said, Well, I know legs is the hardest body part. And I just, they're like, Yeah, and you were sick all weekend. Like, why would you do this to yourself? And I go, Because I never want to be fifth again. Mm-hmm. That's why. 
I, I don't like how that feels. And I, and I told them, I said, and I'll tell this to anybody listening that wants to be a bodybuilder. It's like when I got fifth and I decided the next day I was going to the gym to go train. I said this out loud to Flex Magazine. I said, I want to get so good that if God himself did not want to award me first, he would just be like, Phil's too stubborn. He works too hard. And he's going to do it anyway because of things like that. And I feel, and I was, I mean, I wasn't in a rage or anything. I was just like, no, this is what it takes. This is what it takes to be number one. So those, those, you know, the person that wants to be a bodybuilder, you have to create balance the best way you can. If you have a, if you have a, a love of your life, you have to be willing to communicate as much as possible. If that person can't understand it, then things happen. But you got to be willing to take that disappointment as well. Uh, with business, own your likeness. Own your damn intellectual property as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have money, find it. Find it. Literally find it. If that means that you got to work two, three jobs to go finance this career, then that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And you pay attention to your likeness because a lot of people, you'll be, you'll be surprised my, how many of these pros don't own their own likeness. They don't own any trademarks. They, don't, they have no IP. And they probably aren't even incorporated. Mm-hmm. So because of just being lazy and just being happy that they're pro and there's no one making them do it. See, when you play your professional sports, it's different, right? Like you're a part of a team and you got people, you know, trying to get your money. So they're, you know, they'll do all your paperwork. You're a professional bodybuilder. You're your own brand. So you have to understand what a lawyer, what an accountant, what a finance marketing major, you know, person is like all these people trademark. I just got to notice. I just got an invoice today from, you know, a trademark person. And I'm like, cause I'm buying all my IP. So those are those things when people want to say, Oh, I want to be like you Phil. It's like, it takes a lot of time, money and smarts it takes more smarts than you know, because you have to be a businessman, businesswoman every day. You have no days off. I don't even today, Monday. Yeah. Like half the time, I don't even know what day it is because I don't take it. There are no days off. You have to eat the meals every day. You have to train pretty much five, six days a week. You ain't going to have a Christmas sometimes or summer sometimes or, you know, so you have and you have to be okay with get getting even injured <laughs> and still going to work. So it's a lot that goes into it. You know, I don't say this to be a downer. I want people to try it. I want people to be healthy. But the next person that wants to do what I'm doing, you can't do it for the gram. You can't do it for Twitter or Facebook. You got to do it because you want to do this. You want your name on that trophy. You want to be remembered as one of the greats. You want to be on the Mount Rushmore of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get there and you gra- grab a great physique out of it and got some cool stories, good for you. You were able to travel the world and see new things, maybe meet your wife or husband. Great. But it definitely doesn't happen with a weak mindset. It just won't. You, you'll get only so far. And you know this. Fakers will always get outed at some point. False prophets will always get out it, so don't be that guy. Yeah. Well, man. Maybe, and we see it really big time now, right? Like we see these guys that they're in their eighties, the seventies and eighties, and getting out it. Mm-hmm. So that means, oh, and I guess the last thing is, don't say anything stupid on social media because <laughs> it'll get brought up ten years later. <laughs> We're seeing it happen right now. I mean, literally, like people have. We've seen people lose their jobs, right? 
Mm-hmm. So you really got to be careful when you're playing around with your friends, talking trash. Oh, we're gonna just gonna say this thing and just be belligerent. Better not be belligerent, even with your buddies, because they're the ones that are giving the National Enquirer and everybody else your information. <laughs> they're they're snitching. So learn to learn to be a good dude. If you're female, be a good be a, be a good lady. You know, be be as good as you can, and hey, live life, but own it. If someone come at you, um, if they say, "Hey, man, Mike, twenty years ago you did this," you gotta own it, right? <laughs> you can't just be. You gotta own it. Don't deny it. You gotta own don't it. Don't deny it. It only gets worse. Just, <laughs> I don't want that on my conscience. Hey, Phil, you said this about this guy. I had some guy do that not too long ago. Hey, Phil, you told this guy to go screw off after he said this, and I said, "Well, you shouldn't have said it." <laughs> and he says, "Well, isn't that kind of rude?" And this and I said, "Well, yeah, that was probably maybe you could say it's childish, but yeah." And, and they're like, well, you're unapologetic. I go, well, I guess I was, I'm sorry now, but like during the moment I was human. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is, right? I'm, I'm admitting it. <laughs> what are you going to say? Yeah. Oh, this guy's a jerk. No, man, I'm human, dude. I'll, I'll leave, leave everybody with that. I'm a human, human being. And I like, I, I like this world that I live in, even though it's a little crazy sometimes, and we're all just trying to, you know, get out of each other's way. <laughs> but I, I will say, Mike, it's been a pleasure to be able to talk with you and, and allowing me to share my thoughts and perspectives to, to your listeners. I feel, man, I, I appreciate you sharing your journey with you, man. It's so impactful to, to hear it coming from you, uh, being so humble, uh, empathetic, and hearing uh, your journey. I mean, there's so much to learn. I mean, these podcasts could go on for hours because there's so much to learn. And I, I'm actually excited to see, uh, you know, the evolution of your experiences and, and how that comes out, you know, and speaking engagements and, and tracking and watching your social media and everything else. I, I think it's important for people to tune into because there's so much to learn, especially when it comes to mindset. Phys- you know, physique is, is, the, is the given, but all that was driven through your abilities to think through tough problems you know, have that fortitude and resiliency. And I appreciate you sharing that experience where if people want to, uh, you know, see this experience, uh, see your stuff and, and track your following and, and learn from you, where can they track you? Where, where do you do most of your social media at? I do predominantly a lot between Instagram and Twitter, not much interaction on Facebook, but mostly on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. So my handles both are just at Phil Heath. Um, I do have my own website, and that's giftedathletics.com, where I have all my merch. But you can also email me from there. Uh, you can email me on info, I-N-F-O, at Philip with two L's, P-H-I-L-L-I-P, Heath, H-E-A-T-H.com. And I do answer my own email. Um, if one of my team members, you know, says, hey, this person, you know, has emailed you a couple times because you missed it. I, I end up responding back. So I enjoy those engagements um, for people that want um, some type of appearances and stuff like that. The best way to do it is go on the website. That's the, always the, the strongest way. Um, or on DM on Instagram. Um, but yeah, those are the, those are the cool ways of getting a hold of me and I appreciate it. You know, I, you know, I just want to send everybody love and I want everybody to be as healthy as they can and research as much as they can Use these tools that we have with, with not just with social media, but with, you know, just the Internet in general and um, the books that we still have. I mean, there's still hey, we still got to read, guys. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, but challenge yourself to learn something new and hold yourself accountable for it. Um, you, you, you always have that opportunity to learn new things, and especially with your health, because right now uh, it's, it's a little scary out there right now. Um, we have to all be more aware, especially people that live in the, in the United States. You know, we've got over 300 million people and we're trying to feed all of them at the same time. So we got to be smart about what we eat. So, uh, but yeah, those are the ways that you can get a hold of me. I'm always around. Hit me up. Please engage with me. I, I love it. All right. So I hope everybody has a great week, great year. And yeah, keep following me. I got a lot of cool stuff lined up that I'd love to share. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Heath. Uh, Phil, uh, seven time Mr. Olympia. I appreciate you tuning in uh, on the podcast. And thanks for coming on as a guest. Phil, thank you so much, man. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time. No problem, Mike.